And we ask in the name of Jesus Christ from a place of appreciation that as the word of God has been thought today that you will let the light of your word come in such a way it illuminates our hearts help the person of Jesus be clearer it will give direction it will provide inspiration and assurance by the power of your Holy Spirit we give you praise and glory in Jesus mighty name Amen please you can have your seats Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope you're well, and I hope that everyone connected to you also is well. Say, I'm well, and everyone connected to me is well. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Is it just me, or the horn looks a bit dark? Maybe just because it's raining and all of that. All right. Let's get into the Word of God today. Haven't prayed for the mothers and wish them a happy. Well, we have another Mother's Day where we really celebrate all the mothers, so that would be. You know, you know, there are two Mother's Day. So, you know, we just celebrate. All right. So, this morning, I want to talk about um, um, the, the, some people help me with the noise, with the, you know, pick. Then, I need two cables. I need two sound cables. I need two cables. Just give it to someone on the choir, please. Thank you very much. So, this month, last month and this month, we began to talk a lot about faith, hope, and the kind of thinking that will open the door for God to do the miraculous in our lives. I want us to turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 in verse 18. And this morning, I want to talk about God's pattern or faith pattern for changing levels. So one of the things you would notice with everyone, and if you have conversation with people, is this. There is always, as humans, we have that deep desire... And says that this is where I am. This is where I want to be. This is where I want. I mean, everybody seems to have that kind of desire. This is where I am. This is where I want to be. This is where I am. This is where I want to be. This is where I am. This is where I want to be. So what we want to see today is this. How does, this, how does God himself help us change levels? How does God change levels? So change level will mean that for someone that is sick, the next level you want to see is that you want to see a healing. Change level will mean for someone that wants a baby. The next thing you want to see a baby. Someone that runs a business, maybe at 50 million per annum. You want to see that business graduate to 100 million per annum. Change levels might not even be something as mundane, as physical, as all of those things we've mentioned. It might be something very deep, like someone that is going through a chronic addiction to nicotine, to some kind of food, to sex. And is saying that I want to move from someone that really has this addiction to someone that is free. From it, So, let's look at what the Bible says. So, in this teaching, three things will happen. One of the things that will happen after it starter is this. You will understand in a very practical way how God moves people in one phase to another phase. Then, we're going to speak about a very important issue about how your heart begins to affect the output of your life. And the third thing is this. And we're going to explain why there are a lot of delays and what you can do about delays. And the third thing that we'll begin to scratch as an introduction, the concept of the hardness of heart and how to deal with it. So let's turn in our Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Please, I will appreciate the cable to come in anytime soon. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. The Bible says, And we all with open faces as behold in the glass the glory of God. So let me give some background to this so that you, know, you can understand scripture in a very proper way. Now, when I teach this, when you teach scriptures, it's wrong to make the Bible say what it did not say. 
That is where you get heresy from. Someone takes something in the Bible and he didn't mean to say it and you make it mean it. That, that's, where, that's where false prophets come from. So, in the original context of this verse, so how is Bible interpreted? There's a law of Bible interpretation, meaning the law of context. So, the, the context of this was this. There were two glories the Bible was speaking of. It spoke about the glory of the Old Testament, the glory of the law, and the glory of grace, which is the New Testament. And it was saying there's a transition from the lesser glory, the glory of the law, into the glory of grace. But also, because it's consistent with teaching, we understand that as Christians, we are moving from glory to glory. Somebody say hallelujah. That's why one of the prayer points we pray at the next level is this. One of the things we always say is that your success will not be epileptic. It's not going to be up and down. It will be consistent on the note of victory. All right. So the Bible says that we all with open vases as behold in the glass, the glory of God. The Bible says this, we behold in the glass. Take note of that. He says, as, he says we are beholding in the glass, the glory of God. He says, we are changed into the same image. Watch this first. I want to take notes of some particular words. The first thing is this. We behold in the glass the glory of God. Then we are changed into. So what I see, I become changed into it. Now, it didn't say I become changed into it at once. He said the way it seems is that we get changed from glory to glory and glory to glory and glory to glory. So one of the things you must understand that in the Christian race, growth is a progressive journey. So, you know, I know you're praying about a lot of things, but it's not going to be, boah, and, you know, it's going to be progressive. So, we understand the concept that there's growth, there's change. But what does this glass mean? What does the Bible say? We behold something in the glass. Let's go to James chapter 1 in verse 22. James chapter 1 in verse 22. I'm going to read James chapter 1 verse 22 to verse 25. James chapter 1 verse 22 to verse 25. So the Bible says this, if any man be a hero, um, let's verse 22, but be ye doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving their own self. What does that mean? Every time you are consistently exposed to truth and you don't do anything about truth, it's dangerous to you. You know why it's dangerous to you? Because you can come to a place where you become insensitive to truth. So, if you are hearing truth consistently, you attend this kind of church where you hear truth consistently about how you have to be brave, how you have to take risks, how you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit, how you have to pray. If you keep exposing yourself to truth and you choose not to do something about it, it becomes self-destructive. And how it becomes self-destructive is this. You get to a point where you are not able to respond to truth, not because truth is not powerful. You have just come to a place where you are overexposed to truth. And it's without action. He says, you should not be just hearers only, but doers of the word of God. He says in verse 23, now this is where I'm going to. He says, if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he gives a, a, um, an example or like a, like a, t- a typology. He says, it's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. So now we see the issue where we use scripture to compare scripture. The glass comes up again. He says that verse 24, for he beholdeth himself in the glass and he goeth his way, and straight away he forgetted what manner of man he was. So this man is the man that forgets, um, that forgets the word. He's the one that looks at, the, at himself in the glass, and he forgets what he is and goes away. So let's see the one that is a doer. 
I want to just take note of these examples and just follow me for the next five minutes. I'm going to, I'm going to drive it home. The Bible says this, <clears throat> verse 25. But whosoever looketh into the law of liberty and continue therein, then all of a sudden the apostle James changes the language. He says, what I've called glass, 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 that Paul referred to as glass, is now the law of liberty. The law of liberty refers to the manifestation of God's word. That is the word of God. So, he says, when he says you look at the mirror, it was actually metaphoric or a typology, saying the mirror is actually the word of God. So, when you look into the mirror, what do you see? When you look into the mirror, you don't see who you are, you see how God sees you. So, where you are right now, you feel rejected. You feel as if things are not working out. How does God see you? The God sees you that you are more than an overcomer. <laughs> Praise God. That's exactly how God sees you. God sees you that you are more than an overcomer. God doesn't see you as someone that is rejected, that is struggling, that is weak. That's not how God sees you. Because you look at the mirror. So, when you look at the mirror, the natural mirror shows you what you, shows you yourself. The mirror of God's word shows you who you, ought to, who you are and who you are going to be transformed into. So, when you look into the natural person, you see what the doctor said, that your fallopian tube are blocked. But when you look into the mirror of God, the mirror of God says, none will be barren. Praise God. Praise God. You look at yourself. The mirror says that, um, that you have a heart condition. They say that the blood cholesterol is high. They say there's something wrong with your kidney. God's mirror says, blessed is the fruit of your body. Praise God. He says that all of your body is blessed. That's what the mirror says. So this is what he says. He says, when you look at it, he says the forgetful person, he hears it or looks at the mirror, either when he comes to church or when he reads the Bible at home. And when he looks at it, he walks away without a consciousness of what he has seen or heard. Now, the one that listens to the word, let's see what the Bible says. For the Bible says, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues there. The word continues there in the Greek means you have a consciousness. That means you leave the church, but the consciousness of what you have learned is still on the inside. You go into the office, there's no Bible there, but there's an overwhelming mentality you have based on what you know in the Bible. He says the one that continues in it, and this is where the struggle is. When Christians come to church, religious people will shout, ah, hey, yo, ah. But when they go into the place, when they go into the marketplace, they behave as if they've not heard something. They behave as if they've not seen something. So they come to church. All things that pass with them believing. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Then when they get to work, uh, how far was your 10 million target? Oh boy, things are tough. And when they say that, what they are really saying is this. I'm not walking in the consciousness. See, truth is not for church. Truth is for living. Can I hear you? Truth is for living. We must, religious people listen. They clap and shout. And that's where it ends. Spiritual people, they may never shout. But when they go into their daily living, you will see the fruit of what they've heard. What does the Bible say? The Bible says this. But whosoever look into the perfect of liberty and considering, be not a forgetful there, but a doer of the work, that man shall be blessed in his deeds. So one of the things we see here is this. So this is what we see. Does God change levels? God changes levels. But how does God change levels? The way God changes level is by his word. So this is what I want to say in, in the start. 
this is what I want to say in the start. The way God changes people, it's changing them by his word. Let's look at the scripture. Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6, verse 11, I believe. Judges chapter 6. The Bible says that there came an angel of the Lord and sat under the oak. So just warning, we'll read about five more scriptures. We we'll really love scripture today because I'm going to teach something I've not really taught the way I'm going to teach it. So just come and write and digest. It says, and there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in opera. And just by the way, um, <laughs> when I finished preaching, I'm preaching on the mainland church. As I was coming, one of the leaders on the island said, posted the group on the leader's chat. He said, just to let you know. I thought I've heard everything Pastor Balaji had to say. I've heard the best message today. I thought last week was wonderful. This just messed up everything. And Pastor Dyer, the pastor of the Milan, the Bagada church said, I said I, he just come on the phone and said, Pastor Balaji, how are we preaching the second and third service? And I said, why? He said, this is the best message. I don't even know how, what to say. He said, I'm overwhelmed by all the things you have said. So please, just follow me. That's why I'm, that's why I'm saying this. Because you'll be mightily blessed. All right. So the Bible says, this verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in offer, and said unto Joash the Abrazite, the son of Gideon, that treasured the wheat by the winepress, to hide it from the Midianites. So those guys were already, this was Israel already oppressed by the Midianites. And the Bible says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said unto him, the Lord is with you, that mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then is this befalling us? He said, where be all the miracles our father told us? Did not the Lord bring us us out of Egypt? Now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Now, what I want to see is this. This is what I want to see. That fundamentally, when you are going through a place in your life, where you feel as if God is not kind to you, God is not faithful to you, this and this and this, everybody has that patch and has gone through it. And everybody will also go through it. That's what I'm saying. Because look at Gideon. Well, if you know the story of Gideon, Gideon went to establish a very powerful story later on. He went to a very powerful story later on. But there will be that temporary time in your life where you will be challenged to test, to, you'll be challenged to accept or that God loves you. You will say, Lord, you love me. I'm 40. I'm not married. What's going on? I'm 45. I don't even have, I don't even have, a, I don't even have one million to my name. I've been praying and praying for this miracle. Where is it? I've heard you do for other people. I've heard what you can do. I've heard all those things. But what's happening to me? And for Gideon, it was very special. Gideon and Israel had come from a place where they were with a mighty hand brought into the land of Canaan. But in Canaan now, the Midianites were not the ones that were oppressing them. And what God wanted to do was this. He wanted to move Israel and Gideon from the place of oppression and subjugation into the place of dominion. There are some of you here, you are going through severe financial oppression. You are going through very, very dangerous times in your marriage. And what God wants to do is to move you from that struggling marriage to a very strengthened marriage. And you're wondering, how will God do it? The first thing I've showed you today is this, that God's will is to move from glory to glory. And the way God does it is by speaking his word to us. It's by speaking what is what to us. So let's see how it works here. So Gideon has said, God, how can you say we're with us? And God wanted to use Gideon as a change agent. What did God do? The first thing God did was to send his word to Gideon. What did he do? Look at it. When Gideon finished complaining, 
The Bible says, and God looked upon him and said, go in this might, Atoshat, and save Israel. Ah, he said, from the hands of the Midianites have I not sent you. He didn't say, Gideon, what you are saying is right or wrong. He said, what I'm telling you will transform your life. God's word is not for teaching alone that. It's for transformation. I'm telling you, God's word is not for teaching. It's for transformation. So, the same way you change by looking into the image, the same way God changes your level by sending the word to your life. And the reason is this, when God sends the word to your life, the word will do two things. It will change your mindset, then it will become the seed for your heart, the human spirit to germinate. But let's go deeper. The Bible says this. <laughs> he said, go to the Abana sent you. Verse 15. And he said unto him, oh my Lord, excuse me, he says, how shall I save Israel? He said, my family is the poorest in Manasseh. Meaning that in Manasseh is a small tribe. He said, amongst the small tribe and non-entities. He said, we are the poorest. He said, even in my father's house, I am the least. So some of you are saying this like, Lord, the things you want me to do. Ah, how can I do it? What do I know? What do I know? What can I connect to? This is big. And that was what Gideon was saying. But what did God say? God did not do anything more than speak his word. What did God say? Look at the next line. <laughs> and the Bible says this. He said, and the Lord said to him, surely all God did, I'm telling you, how will God move you from a place, from a struggling company to a strong company by his word? And I'm going to explain practically how he does that. How would God move you from someone struggling to have a child to someone that has a child? By his word. How will God heal that sickness? By his word. How will God transform you financially? By his word. How will God bring about speed? By his word. And the reason I'm saying so is this. The people that pray a lot and don't have the word, they don't say a lot of manifestation. And I want to put that out there. They don't say a lot of manifestation. So look at what the Bible says. Verse 18. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with you. And you will... This is one of the, my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, You will smite the Midianite as one man. Hey! What does that mean? Normally to smite the Midianite, you will need an army. What God told Gideon was this. What you will need an army to do, it, you will do it alone. Do you know what that means? In terms of resources, strategy, wisdom and strength. That means that a church will gather together and say that we want to raise two billion to do this. And just write a note. Pastor, please don't announce again. I'll give it. What should be a corporate project? They gather together in your family and say that we want to build something, this and this and this. Old school, old school associations, they want to rebuild the library. And they say, what is 100 million? Just write a note. Please, chairman, don't worry. My secretary will give you the check on Monday. He says, he says, as one man, not that we will need support. All of a sudden, this is what happened to Gideon. All of a sudden, his mindset begins to change. This, this huge. I'm not used to this. So how does God change us? The way God changes us is by what? By sending his word to us. So let me show you something quickly. Proverbs, I'm sorry, Psalm 20, um, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Can, you, can I get the wires? Where's the, where, where's the wires? Just four guys on the choir to come. Four guys on the choir to come. I said I wanted two cables. Yeah, they give you two or one? Yeah, two. Yeah, just give it to them. Each person hold the edge. So, when God wants to change your level, how does he do? Number one, he changes your mindset and begin. So, for Gideon, he began to tell Gideon things that his mind could not handle. It was changing mindset. Then he puts seed in your heart so that your heart can begin to germinate in another way. 
Let's watch how he does. I, I, have you done it? Let's know Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, please. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Yeah, thank you. Let's read together. Just two of you there, two of you there. Hold it to the edge, yeah? Let's read together. I want to go. It says, keep your heart with what? All diligence for out of it are what? God says, be careful with your heart, your inner, your core. And he said, there's a reason. It says, for out of it are what? The issues. What are the issues of life? The issue of life is a, is a that word issue is a problem word. Because in today's English, we'll not understand it. What it really means is that keep your heart, be careful with your heart. Because out of it are the boundaries of your life. The word issue and not the great word there is boundary. Why? This is the reason why. Watch this now. You have to hold it as tight as this. Come to the center, please. M- move a little, move a little. Let's move towards the light. Move, move here. Yeah. Yeah. Hold it firm. He says, be careful with your life. Why should you be careful with life? He said, because out, because out of your heart, at what? The boundary of life. What does the boundary is? He said, this is your heart. Your heart defines your boundary. So this is your heart. You can't go farther than this because your heart can't go farther. It's boundary. You can't go farther than this. It's boundary. It says, that's why you must keep your heart. Why is this important? Because sometimes when we are praying, let me tell you what we're praying about. We're praying for expansion. And once we are praying, so what, this, what, this is how God changes us. Oh, um, let me get some more examples to help me. You know, anybody from the choir? Yeah, but, but I'm saying, oh, oh, all the four guys, Gerard, all of you come, you know. Yeah, just, just, stay, just stay behind the, the row. So this is what happens. In my, so guess what? This is my heart. This is how far I can go. But there are things I want that is not in my heart. So I'm a single person, but I want to get married. Um, one late, beautiful sister, just come. Just a beautiful sister. If you know you're beautiful, just come. You know. So watch this. Just stay just right in front of him. In front of MD. So watch this now. So in my heart, this it says be careful with your heart because your heart defines the boundary. So I want to get married, but there's no marriage here. As I begin to pray, what does God do? God sent a word. What does the word do? The word will extend the borders of my heart to include what I want and bring it. So all of a sudden. And don't, 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 I don't want to come back on to just say, stay where you are. So, God sends the word. The word begins to walk in my heart. So much so that, all of a sudden, what I wanted, the limit has been expanded to include what? Marriage. So, marriage is in my space now. And guess what? I can have it. This is the reason why people don't experience answer prayers. They keep praying, but what they want is outside their mind. So, they can see it, but they can't have it. They can see it because the word that will change their mind, the word that will change, that will be the seed for their heart has not been sown. So this one, they are praying. But God is saying that, hey, release, receive the word into your heart. When you receive the word, guess what happens? Come, please. You receive the word. That thing enters. Please go. Thank you. So, because look at the word. It says, keep your heart. Unfortunately, do you know that some people that things are in their heart that should not be there? Things like scarcity. A lady says, they are no responsible men. I told the lady, you don't want to marry men, you want to marry one man. 
We don't need all the men to be responsible. It's one man. Why are you thinking of men? But in your mind, so much scarcity. <laughs> so there's no money in Nigeria. How do they get to be money in Nigeria? I need money for, money for me. Praise God. Do you understand? It's money for me. We don't need money for Nigeria. It's money for me. Because the way you say it as if for it to get to you, everybody will be said sorted. Why must you think everybody must be sorted for it to get to you? Because your mind is not enough. He says this. He says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it at the boundaries. And guess what? What you become is based on the boundaries of life. Come, come closer, man. You come closer. What you become is based on the boundaries of life, of your heart. This is what you become. Some people, this heart, their heart is so slim. And they're still wanting what they want. They want, they want to move the business from 50 million to 100 million. So they're praying. They're praying. They're praying. They're praying. How does God bring about change as they're praying? Move forward, my brother. God will send the word that will expand the heart. The heart is expanded. All of a sudden, this comes in. And they can have the business of 200 million because that's what they prayed for. Question. What revelation is changing your thinking and is a seed for your heart? Because if your mind is not changing, you are not growing. If you are not growing, there will be no new results. So, all of a sudden, this new experience comes into my heart. And all of a sudden, my business moved from 50 million to 200 million. Then, I'm praying, although I'm doing 200 million right now, I don't have a child. And I'm praying, and right now I don't have a child. But I can see the child, but I don't have it. All of a sudden, as, I, as I'm praying, because what God does, that God will send a word, like he sent a word to, to, to Gideon. As he sent a word, he said, Gideon, he said, go in this time, mind. He said, the child is yours. No one will be barren. No one will be barren. What happens? The word expands again. All of a sudden, the child is inside. There's a challenge. And this is why a lot of prayer ministries, there are no results. Because all the things they're praying about is outside their heart. And the Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the boundaries of life. What's your boundary? Is it the things you want or the things you don't want? And what God does is this. In true prayer, he releases revelation. That's why if you don't join the next seven morning prayer, I don't know what to say to you. He releases revelation that keeps expanding our mind. Expanding our mind. Expanding our mind. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Just the guys with the, with the, with the cables should wait. Because I'm not done yet. You know, um, one of our brothers was sharing with me on Thursday. He's here also. He said, you know, since there's someone on, in January, he said, by the time there was lockdown, 85% of our income was gone as a company. He said, by the of my mind, I don't want to fire people. He said, I was thinking of how to pay them. He said, by January, after this one of the messages, he said, I woke up the next morning, I just called my wife. He said, come on, I said, I know what to do right now. He said, what, do you, what should you do? He said, this is the business we're going to do right now. He said, just between January and now, we've raised over 100 million. I said, how did he know what to do? It's not because the pastor said, bless, receive. That's all of it. But once the seed enters, the heart will find a way to create, make it happen. Because the Bible says the heart of a man devises his way. The heart is the devising machine. This is the reason why people that stay on a diet, it's a waste of time. This is the reason why people that say they are closing their teeth, it's a waste of time. You know why? I'll tell you why. Diet will only work if first your mindset is changed. That's why when people lock their teeth for six months, they lose a lot of weight. As soon as they open, what happened? They go back to double of what they were before. Meaning what? You cannot change internal procedure with external structures. That's why it doesn't work. You cannot change internal procedure with external... You can't! You have to walk in, out, not out, in. 
Why? Because you are working in this. You are, this is what the problem is. You are expanding those hearts. That's what it is. Psalm 78 verse 41. Let's look at this quickly. This is, this is going to change you. Psalm 78 verse 41. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I don't like how you sound this morning. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. If you get him blessed, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you. Psalm 78 verse 41. See what the Bible says. See what about, I want to go back into my heart. Bible says, yes, they what? Turned back and tempted God and limited what? The only one of you. It was referring to Israel in the wilderness. Question was there ever a time that Israel turned back? Yes or no? Chorus answer, yes or no? Never. There was never the time that Israel spoke about going back, that they literally packed their load and went back. Never. When did they turn back? The moment they turned back in their hearts. The Bible says, when they turned back in their heart and tempted God, what happened? They limited. Watch this now. What happened to their heart? Their heart what? Their heart what? Con what? Contracted. And the reason why they had contracted that something happened to it. You're wondering, you need to give God space to move. But your belief system is working against you. He said the moment they turned back in their heart, the moment you thought what the doctor said was fine now, then the fact you could not have a child became permanent. The moment you kept looking at the economic figures and saw how you couldn't do well, it became permanent. The moment those things did not go so well, it became permanent. The Bible says, the moment they turn back in their heart, because everything responds to the heart. The heart is the boundary. 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 The The moment you felt nobody will marry me, you were correct because you shrunk it. He said, and they limited. How far can God work? This This is how much God can work. Contracted somewhere. This armor, God can never walk again. And how does God bring about change? He will send this word. And when he sends this word, it's what will expand. Here's what will expand. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. So let's, let's take this deeper. The forces of success and growth are primarily within. The manifestation we seek are internally regulated. Every lasting change of status is first internal. External realities only align with internal realities. God changes our status and levels by changing our inner reality. If your thinking isn't changing, then you're not growing. Then you're not going to have other results. But now, we come to the next thing. Now, we come to the next thing. Is there a reason why you're putting that up, media room? And now we come to the next thing, which is this. Come back, guys. I, I missed something out. I spoke to you about how people turn back in their heart. And the Bible has a word to define it. It's called the hardness of heart. That's what the Bible calls it. The hardness of heart. Let's look at the Bible. Matthew chapter 19, verse 7. To eight. Matthew chapter 19, verse 7 to 8. Are you getting blessed this morning? Is it working for you? It's working for me, brother. Matthew chapter 19, verse 7 to 8. This scripture talks about divorce, but I'm not talking about divorce this morning. I want to bring up the principle 
that was in that divorce teaching. Matthew 27. Then they said unto him, why did Moses then command us to give a writing of divorcement? He says, God says the will of God is never divorce. But he says, why did Moses say we should divorce? And he says this, and to put her away. Why did, so God says, my will was 100%. Divorce is somewhere at 30%. He says, why? Next line. He says this. He said that to Mo, He said that one to them. What? He said, he said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart. Why did Moses not make you go for 100%? When your heart was too hard, he had to bring it down. He had to bring it down. So God's will for you is to run a company that is 1.8 billion naira. But what you can receive in your heart is what 100 million. God says it's okay, I have to bring it down. I have to bring it down. I have to bring it down. God's will for you is become the first woman entrepreneur in Africa that will cost a $10 billion. But your heart says, I can only do one billion naira. I've done so well. You bring it down. So this is what it is. This, let's go back to our example. So God wants you to be so massive and expansive. This is what it is. Moses, why did Moses say, why did Moses say that we should have a divorce? He says, because of the hardness of your heart. When your heart becomes hard, what happens? You begin to contract. You begin to contract you begin to contract you begin to contract so it's not as if god wants it's not as if god is one holding you back it's the hardness of the heart that's holding you back so question what is the hardness of heart thank you guys what's the hardness of heart mark chapter 8 verse 17 and 18 let's look at what the hardness of heart is someone say hallelujah i say you're going to turn to love scriptures today Mark chapter 8, verse 17 and 18. The hardness of heart. The Bible says this. <laughs> the Bible says, this was just Christ to them. Hey, guys, be careful of the leaving of the Pharisee. You use the metaphoric language. Be careful of the leaving of the Pharisee. All of a sudden, the guys were like, um, is it because we have no bread? And just Christ said, what? See what just Christ said. And when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, you reason because you have no bread... That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. Then see what it says. It says, perceive ye not, neither understand, have your heart yet been so hardened? Meaning this, the reason why you cannot reason the way you should reason, the reason why you cannot perceive how you should perceive, is because your heart is what so hardened. Hey, the reason why you feel as if you have to travel to make it, your heart is so hardened. So God stepped down from the, from the place of might was 100% to divorce and said, let's give them 30%. Okay, hey, take another day less. That's it for you. Hey, like, oh, I have a breakthrough. And God says, that's not my best, but enjoy 30%. And let me, let me just quickly jive into marriage here. Have a look at me. I want to be honest with you. Most people that struggle in their marriages, just one thing. What is wrong with you? Hardness of heart. I never say single people, I say married people. What's hardness of heart? You are so negative about your marriage. You are so negative about your partner. You are so negative about you being in that marriage that no matter what is done, all you can see is what negativity. And that's why no matter... The cancelling, no matter who they talk to, you say, <laughs> Pastor, you want to cancel my husband? Have you seen the devil before? He said, Leave the one who doesn't church with this guy. I live with him. <laughs> Someone is Lucifer. 
Someone is Lucifer, then you are Jezebel. Someone is Jezebel, then you are Lucifer. And the reason why the marriage cannot get better is this. Even when the lady tries to improve, you say she's not cooking, she starts cooking, she starts making the housework. You cannot see it because your heart is so hardened. You will not see it. The man is doing everything. Now he's coming home early. He was a womanizer before. He just used the woman. Now his secretary calls him and says, Who is Latasha? Who is Latasha? Who is Latasha? Who is Latasha? He's my secretary. Don't lie to me. I know her name is Latasha, but this is not Latasha. Our own spelling is E. This one is S. Hardness of heart. What did Jesus Christ say? Jesus Christ said the reason why you're unable to understand is because your heart is hardened. What is hardness of heart? A hardened heart is a cold, insensitive, and unresponsive emotion of feeling towards God. Or towards what God says. I'm going to break it down. That, that's very theological. I'm going to break it down. What, what is it? It's a deep-rooted feeling that makes you not respond towards God. Let me tell you what that means. And let me say something to you. If you be like, you know, I'm a Christian. I don't have such things. Lie. Even me, I'm struggling with some areas because there's some areas where I feel my heart is so hardened. The Bible says, the Bible says in Mark chapter 8, verse 17, he said, he said, he said, why their heart was so hardened? The disciples, their heart was so hardened. What does hardness of heart mean? I'm going to explain to you here. It's that feeling, it's that feeling you have that just makes you pull away from God in a certain area. So I'll give an example. Let me use my own personal example. If you're attending this church, not to talk down on my mom, just based on what she knew. You know, me and my mom had a very challenging relationship. And because, one, fundamentally, she didn't agree with how I saw things. She didn't agree with my faith. And I think that just because, because my mom came from a, my parents were very unique. My father came from a very rich background. His father was a, was a cocoa exporter right in the colonial days. My mother came from a very poor background. So my mother would be an orca. My mother came to Lagos. She was sleeping on the floor when she came to Lagos. So my mother had inherited a lot of poverty, fears, and all of those kind of things. As soon as she became wealthy, she never wanted to go back to that place. So when I said I was going to become a pastor, she said that, Jesus Christ, back to poverty. That's all she thought about. And she attacked it. She really attacked it. She met you she said a lot of things that's the things one of the things she said to me was that i regretted having you i wish i'd have bought you I, I know you're out of my children you'll be the most irresponsible he said i know you will not succeed she and you know sometimes mothers can say negative things to get to the right thing yes or no yeah not a good method though but the challenge was this i grew up with that thing that i didn't like competition you know somebody like i, I you know, I, I, in fact, I gave up that thing. I didn't like competition. When I'm in a competition, when someone is doing so well, I would just back down. I became the person that doesn't follow through on my goals. You know why? Because something tells me, you will not make it. My mother's voice stays in my subconscious. You will not make it. So when it comes to dreaming big, so I work with very, very great people. So when you work with someone like Pastor Deji, Pastor Deji is like, okay, this goal, let's break it down, break it down, break it down. You know, I'm so emotionally drained 
that I didn't want to engage in the breaking down of the goals because in my heart, can this thing really happen? So because of that, I had unusual attachment to people. I would just really depend on people that people were like my lifesaver because my mother was not there. So I found these other people in my mind that became my brother, my sister, and they became structures I would lean on. And so when I teach in church, I say, all things are possible to him that believe it. And I say, amen. When we get to the meeting, pastor, pastor, say that, pastor, you know what we should do? Let's go on TBN right now. I say, TBN, who wants to hear me? I don't say it out loud, but deep down, I feel like I say, I'm not sure we're good enough for TEN. And when we talk about our church, we're like, our church is doing so well, but this other church, this other church, this other church. And we say, in our mind, they were this church that were doing better than us. And we, got, we just couldn't accept the fact that we're the best of God. It was difficult to accept that we're accepted in the beloved, that we're overcomers. And I struggled with that. When it came to finances, let me tell you how bad it was. I had huge money fears. When this church had a one millionaire, sorry, when this church had about a million dollars that time in the savings, I was paid a hundred thousand per month. I think I was paid fifty thousand per month because I was so afraid of getting so paid. I said, "The money might finish." It took my pastor to be like, "That's the wrong thing to do." I was so afraid. Do you know there are many of you just because of of the of so hardness of heart refers to different things in life. I couldn't even believe for finances. I can be, and on the stage, I knew how to say the words and charge the people. So it's not about the talking, it's about the doing. Hardness of heart. Do you, know, do you know there's some people that hear? It's so easy for you to believe that God can make you speak in tongues. But when it sits for God to give you a husband, ah, husband. Because in that area, your heart is hard towards God. Some people are here, it's so easy for you to believe that God can get you married, but for God to give you a baby, mm, because in that area, your heart is hard towards God. It's so easy for you to believe that when I pray, I can receive healing, but when it comes to money, so say, I don't know why money is so difficult for me to receive from God, because in that area, your heart is hardened towards God. Some of you, when you hear the message, I can do all things through Christ. I mean, there's, there's that big thinking that, oh, I can do all things. But look at your goals. Your goals are so tiny because you really don't believe you can do all things. And people's heart, and, and the thing is this, the more your heart is hardened, come guys, come guys. He said, the more your heart is hardened, no matter what you judge, you do on the outside, you will find yourself going back to who you are on the inside. And the reason why is this, out of the, um, guard your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of it are the boundaries. So the hardness of heart reduces the boundaries. Faith and the word of God expands the boundaries. So though I was was talking it, my boundaries were very small. I I remember when the opportunity came, I, I mean, I remember that my pastor invited me and said that TBN is looking for speakers. Will you, will you go speak on TBN and um, run a show on TBN? I'm like, ah, nah. I'm like, is my preaching that great that people want to? How can I compare with TBN stars? I never knew I was, I was, I never knew I was an absolutely great speaker. Everybody could tell me, but it didn't sink down within. You know why it didn't sink down within? Because no matter what you tell me, is what I tell myself that matters. I'm telling you. 
No matter what you say. And that's why people like Michael Jackson died from loneliness and not being loved. Everybody loved them, but they couldn't feel the love. It doesn't matter how beautiful you are. It's what you tell yourself that matters. Everybody can say you're beautiful. It's what you tell yourself that matters. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It's what you tell yourself that matters. And let me tell you something. I wish it could vanish in a day. It doesn't become any coming in a day. And the Bible speaks of the hardness. The Bible speaks of the hardness of the heart. The hardness of the heart. Listen, many of you feel like, I don't like this church. I don't like this girl. I don't like that. Like, like. Have you noticed? Yeah, they're yeah, they just the common denominator in everything you don't like. Because you think it's other people, it's from the inside. It's who you are on the inside. That's how you see life through. Should I, should, can I help you this morning? I can bet you that half of the people in this church right now do not like their life. And if you feel that way, I really feel bad for you. Because how can you make success of something you don't like? That's where you struggle from. Listen, there was a time I didn't like my life. But right now, I love it. I can borrow you some to just enjoy for a day. Someone says, being a pastor is stressful. Me, it's not stressful. I enjoy it. Because happiness is not a destination. It's where you are. Everybody that says, when I have this, I'll be happy. When this happens, I'm happy. You will keep deceiving yourself. It's called the rat race. Running after what does not happen. The hardness of heart. And you know the thing? With that, so, sometime last year, I had huge events in my life that shook everything I believed. And drove me to get deeper. Without doing anything at all. See, without just being strategic, I just noticed all my limits by themselves just expanded. The kind of finance I've not seen before as a person began to flow through me. The kind of platforms, you know, just, I wish they could not put this on it, just, you know, and always, you know, you know, as a pastor, you have some platforms like, I wish I could preach in that kind of place. One of the kind of places in my heart was Hillsong. I'm like, you know, because, you know, I don't know why. Maybe just that thing that also you're not good enough. So you feel like that is a good platform. You know, I mean, I respect them as a great platform. But also, it's just a platform like where you are. There's no big deal about it. All of a sudden. And, and, and that affected me because, let me tell you that affected me. So, I'm intensely spiritual. So, but like, you know, the way my friends are in America and Europe, and not just here, some of my friends, they're very calm to spirituality. You know, they don't pray fervently. They're just like, oh, Father, we just thank you and give you praise. And, you know, you're so good. So, I'm like, that's the way. Let me just be here. And they say, oh, Lord, you're so good. You're so kind, you know. (laughs) Then all of a sudden, someone from Hillsong called me and said, and we had a chat. It was a Hillsong family. We had a chat. We were like, I'm so impressed with all I see. I'm so touched with the prayer fire that is going on. Will you come and preach in London? I said, preach about what? Come and preach about prayer. He said, I said, I said well, God, the COVID, we're not meeting physically like that. Will you do a video teaching? And last week, I did a video teaching and sent it to them. And tears came down my eyes. This was, this was one of the reasons I was trying to change all along. Some girls, you know the problem with everything you're doing? You're doing it to be loved. You are losing weight so they can find you. You are talking so they can find you. Listen, lose weight for yourself. Do it for you. You know why? Love is not perfect. 
So how do you know that? Because the Bible says one thing. While we're yet sinners, Christ loved us. So, people that are loved is not because some of you are like, you know, I'm not loved. My eyes are not big enough. My hips, you know, if my hips were like Beyonce and I have to you know, like this, you know, like that. <laughs> and the guys feel as if I don't drive a G wagon while they're together. All those things are rubbish. Relaxing yourself. You know, you know the same thing, the same problem you have in your entertainment business. You say, if my father was this, if my mother was this, if I was this and business, I was this, just give yourself all those things because you don't really believe that you can do it. And guess what? That's the area where your heart is hard towards God. Let me show you some examples of with our heart. Is, oh, oh, we need to close. Oh, wow. Don't you just wish you can spend some hours extra? Oh, wow. Praise God. Uh, you, you, it's just amazing to be in the best church. Don't you love it? I'm telling you. Man, nothing compares to this. Nothing. Let, let me tell you. The quality of God's word you have here. The quality of God's word you have here. I'm telling you, top not. And it's a balance. We pray. We believe in the Holy Ghost. We teach the word. You know, Ovia is here. And Ovia grew up in London. And Ovia said something. He said that one time she comes to church in Nigeria. He said, I laughed. Because I haven't grown in church. I haven't grown up in London for 12 years where they were meant to be better churches. And I didn't see a good church to attend. Coming to Nigeria where they love rogue churches. And Ovia came here. Stopped going to church at 12. There about. From the day he stepped in here, I never remember one day missed church. One day he missed church until like COVID period. One day. And he said, the kind of things you teach, I'm blown away. I'm like, are those things in the Bible? He said, I've never heard them before. But the thing is this, all those great things could be happening and you never know it. And because you don't believe it, you cannot sustain it. You can't sustain it. Praise the Lord. Let's look at hardness of heart and we'll continue next week. I hope I can, I can either teach in the mid, during the midweek or we'll continue next week. Let's go hardness of heart. What is a hardened heart? It's unresponsive. So I, I struggled. I, how many of you know what it means to struggle? Do you know a lot of, do you, can, can I challenge you today? Do you know a lot of businessmen in Nigeria hide behind their money? They are so, so, they lack so much confidence. How do you know, go to the clubs. They can't even talk to a girl. They will send someone to her. They can't just say, just say, what do you want from me? I don't want to talk to you. Get out. They can't take it. They, they, they will, it will affect them. What does someone's word do? What's your opinion of me? What does it mean to me? Do I know you before? The only reason why it affects you is because you lack the confidence. Glory to God. So, so, so let's give some example. So, 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 so let's give some example of people had hardness of heart. And let me tell you, what God does is this. This is what God does for you. Up again. When God wants to change you, he will do something to it. So for, for, for Gideon, he gave him a word. He gave him an encounter. Because Gideon's mind was very narrow boundary. So he gave him an encounter to what? Expand his thinking. And Gideon became that mighty person because of a word I was saying. What is the word that is meant to expand your thinking that you have neglected? The second thing, the second thing, think of a man like Pharaoh. The Bible says God gave Pharaoh opportunities, not for, God gave Pharaoh opportunities for Egypt not to be ruined. Bible says, but God says, I know Pharaoh, his heart will be hardened because he's going to die eventually. Because Pharaoh's heart, listen, at the first plague, if Pharaoh just said, Moses, I'm so sorry, you guys go. What will happen? The whole of Egypt will be spared. Boy, he didn't listen. But that's how many of you are. 
God gives you. See, so this will happen. You're believing for a hundred million contract. You get something that's small. Might not be what you want. And instead of you to see that and say God is doing something, that, that's God meant to melt your heart. You'll be like, what is this, Seth? What is this, Seth? This, what is meant to encourage you now becomes what tells you God is not with you. As soon as Jesus saw the five loaves, he knew that God was there. Praise God. As soon as Jesus saw the five loaves, he knew God was there. He took it and began to give thanks. Look, look at a lady, like, a lady called Esther. They say, Esther, let's go and talk to the king. And Esther said, we don't talk to the king that way. Let's go and pray first. Because we have to expand the heart. You know, this is the thing. Many of you are hoping that so many physical activity will change internal results. Esther said, we don't fight battles that way. Let's go into the secret. What does prayer do? In the place of prayer, we receive what? That what expands. That's what prayer does. In the place of prayer, we receive what that expands the heart. Esther said, we can't go that way. Let's go pray. Esther said, let's go pray. We can go that way. Let's go pray. And when they prayed, there was a word. And that was it. Glory to God. You know, many of you that don't mean that. When God says, take the Bible daily, there was a reason though. Or there is a reason. Many of you are here. You know, you're hardened towards the heart. The seventh church. You know why you're hardened? You've gone through a lot of things in church. You've seen stuff in church. So your heart is so... People that their heart is hardened, there's always a reason why their heart is hardened. God gives you a dream of an IT company that will be $1 billion. You're like, ah, why? You came from Makoko. Makoko, you were, you, you, it was seven years old. You wore your first shoe. From wearing your first shoe at seven years old, you're going to have dreams of $1 billion. You can't even contain it because your heart is hard towards God in that area. Some of you, you know where your heart is at? It's finding a life partner or staying in a happy marriage. Your, your, your heart is hard because of the things you're being through. To find someone good to marry is so difficult. It's so, some of you, it, it's about a health issue, about a baby you want to have. It's so difficult because. Let me show you one final story. Hey. Glory to God. Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Let me, let me ask your neighbor if you. If, you came together and you're comfortable with asking them, where's your heart hard? So, so, so this, this, this is you. This is you. You are praying for rejection. You are praying, you are praying, for, you are praying for expansion, but you suffer rejection. How can someone that suffered rejection and is under rejection get expansion? Don't you know in business there'll be more rejection than what you have faced? There'll be betrayals. There'll be misunderstanding. Mark chapter 10 verse. Because people, you will see. Did you notice all the people that stepped up to it? Peter. How did God change Peter? I said, your name is Peter, meaning shaky. You become surface, rock. It became up. God changed people, changed their, sent the word, changed their name. Look, look at this story. And Jesus beholding him. This is a case of a rich young man. And the man came to Jesus Christ. The man came to Jesus Christ. He came really dressed, nice English, you know, and just said, hey, Lord. What can I do to please God? And God says, and just says, the Ten Commandments. And I said, Jesus, really? All the Ten Commandments I've obeyed since I was a child. Wow. Like, see the audacity. And see what Jesus Christ said. 
And Jesus literally looked at him. Look at me, my brother. Jesus looked at him. And Jesus fell in love with him and says, let's take you for a change. And said, one thing you lack, go thy way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Come and take up the cross and follow me. And the person said, and the Bible says, and the guy went to do it. Yes or no? Nah. Bible says, he went sorrowful because his heart was hardened. That, you know what God was saying? What just was saying? Just guy said, you think you've done the Ten Commandments? Let's start from the first one. That you have no other God beside me. Even money is not competing with me. Let's see how far that you can humble. Because it was not about selling his things. It was just to prove to him that, bro, from the first commandment, not the second, no. From the, you are breaking everything. But the guy, the guy could not even say, Lord, please explain this difficult. How can I do this? What do you have in mind? He was so hard that as soon as they touch his money, hey, is that not how you are in church? Once they say, tight. Can we just come to church without, without, without an offering? Everything they saw is not an offering. Everything. How many things have they said that is not an offering? But you are so sensitive. So sensitive. When they say offering, you just say. <laughs> Some of you don't even know how to give offering. Offering not what you bring to change. It's what you plan and say. This is my financial level. Every Sunday I give God 10,000 now, 5,000 now, 1,500. It's something you plan. But the reason you can have that conversation that your heart is so what? Hard. So when there's money, hey, some of you want to say, let's speak in tongues. The way you feel. You know, right? You feel, you feel. Okay. Okay. And deep down in your heart, you want to speak in tongues. But see the way you feel. This is, this, is what you, this is what we start. How do you feel the hardness of heart? You go to God in prayer and say, Lord, show me first of all. And when he shows you, when you come next week, we'll conclude. Let's pray. Stand on your feet, everyone. How is the hardness of heart affecting your business? How is it affecting your marriage? How is it affecting everything? I went to prayer and say, Lord, reveal me to me. Why is my heart hard that I can see it? Why is my heart hard that I can see it? The Bible says in Hosea 10, 12, it says, break up your fallow ground, sowing mercy and reaping righteousness. It's time to remove the hardness and stop restricting God. It's time to remove the hardness and stop restricting God. And Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, reveal what the hardness eats to us today. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can have your son.